Ladies and gentlemen, New York Toy Fair has come and gone faster than the IWC whining about Goldberg defeating The Fiend. And we're scratching for more plastic crack. I'm Chris the Heat Matthews, he's Garrett G Money Mun, and this is episode 31 of the Freshly Squeezed WrestleGeddon Podcast. Oh yeah! New WCW Smash and Slam Wrestlers! What you gonna do, brother? New WWF figures got the power. Dad, there's no turn yet. It's only been 10 minutes. It's been four hours. What's up with that? Oh my god! Hey yo! Alright, so. Super Showdown. What's going on today? Whole lot of, uh, got a couple title changes. Some interesting setups for WrestleMania. Some shitty setups for WrestleMania, is what you meant to say. <laughs> yeah, shitty. Generally shitty. It's WWE. Nine times out of ten, it's going to be shitty. <laughs> uh, but as always, be sure to follow us on Instagram at WrestleGettingPod with two Ds. Twitter at WrestleGettingPod with one D. And that is because... They can only handle one D. I don't care. That joke's funny. It is. <laughs> uh, also, like the Facebook page at facebook.com slash Um That is also with two Ds. Uh, to stay up to date on all the happenings with the show. And to be first to know when there are new episodes dropping. <clears throat> Man, so... I just like Super Showdown. Like we're not gonna get into a whole lot of it now, but I mean there was some shit. There was a lot of shit. Shit matches. There's a little bit of good. I won't lie. But we we'll we'll get there. But uh first let's jump in jump into the news. Well hotline fans, I have got a hotline rumor for you. The number, what's the number? Let me call the number. In the Hulkster's hotline. You may do so by dialing one All right, so a bit of uh, WrestleMania rumors again. It appears that uh, WWE is planning on doing six women's matches this year for Mania, which will take it into a 12-hour pay-per-view. <laughs> um, so they're talking about adding the Women's Tag Team Championship and SmackDown Women's Championship and another undetermined match. Um, already added to the already planned for the show is the Raw Women's Champion, the NXT Women's Championship, and of course the um, WrestleMania Women's Battle Royal. So the rumor for the Women's Tag Team Championship are the Kabuki Warriors defending against the Divas of Doom. That'll be amazing. Which I'm uh, I'm all for that. I'm all for. Uh, Anytime Beth Phoenix gets a little shine. Um, women's SmackDown Tag Team Championship. Um, I guess Bailey defending against. They're doing a SmackDown Women's Chamber, right? I or don't maybe? know. They technically haven't announced it yet. They kind of hinted at it. Um, but I don't know if they are or not. I think they should. Um, I mean, it's basically the only reason people watch the Elimination Chamber anyway. So, and it would be kind of groundbreaking because I don't think they've ever done three before. So, 
I don't think so either. So I think they should. Just me. Yeah. They got the people to do it. Just do it. <clears throat> Absolutely. So so far, I don't see them not doing WrestleMania without adding the SmackDown Women's Championship to it. Um, Bailey's opponent is still undetermined. Um, hopefully, after. Uh, Friday night, we'll start getting a step into the direction of who the number one contender for the women's championship will be on SmackDown. Uh, what else we got? We got some AEW news. Lance Archer is all elite. Um, if you're not familiar with Lance Archer, he was formerly known as Lance Hoyt in TNA and Vance Archer in WWE. Uh, made a pretty big name for himself in New Japan recently. Um, he was the... Intercontinental Champion. Um, just lost it to Ambrose, I believe, at Wrestle Kingdom. I think that's right. Well, if it was to Ambrose, wasn't or it Or was it US? Juice Robinson? Or U.S., yes. U.S. Champion. It was either him or Juice Robinson. I don't know. He was involved in that title picture. Um, but he didn't make a pretty big name for himself. If I'm wrong, I'm wrong. I don't we know We all everything. make mistakes, so, man. We, don't, we can't I'm human. I'm not a robot. Everything. You can suck it. So. Yeah. <laughs> Um, that's pretty much it for in-ring news. There's not really, it wasn't really a whole lot, uh, this past week. Um, aside from Samoa Joe being suspended, apparently violating the wellness policy. Um, Rusev being pulled from the gauntlet match at Super Showdown due to a quote-unquote back injury. What is more contract-related stuff. Honestly, they just need to let Rusev go and let him go do his own thing. Just holding him back. But uh, let's jump into our rebranded figure news segment, which will now be called Points of Articulation. These are dolls, and they're certainly not teddy bears. WCW Power Slam Wrestlers, figures and rings sold separately. Lots, lots of awesome stuff happening. New York Toy Fair. Um, we talked a little. We talked about the Mattel reveals last week because we were, um, I guess, you can call it fate, call it luck, call it karma. We recorded Friday night after all the uh, Mattel reveals have been set up and everything. So um, the biggest thing was the the Reckon Slambulance. Um, that we didn't cover last week, which is a pretty much in-scale ambulance for your Mattel figures with multiple break points. And it's got a little, like, stretcher that shoots out of the back of it. It's freaking awesome. So they showed a little bit of a uh, demonstration video um, during Hawkins and Ryder's tour of the Mattel booth. So it was pretty sweet. Um, but the biggest thing coming out was the AEW line from Jack's, not Jack's, Chad's Wears and Wicked Cool Toys. Um, we already knew some of it with Series 1, including the Young Bucks, um, which will include cloth goods entrance jackets. Um, Cody will come with a sledgehammer. Jericho will come with his entrance jacket and hat. Um, Omega with entrance gear. And Brandy Rhodes will make up Series 1. Biggest thing coming out of this, too, is that there will be a 1 of 500 Cody chase. Uh, which will come with his we'll cloth entrance vest, which is from their all-in pay-per-view, if I'm not mistaken. And a 1 of 1,000 Jericho chase, which will come with a title and an inner circle shirt. I'm kind of pissed about that. Uh, yeah. You're showing me a figure 
of Jericho that comes with the AEW title belt, but you're not giving me that as a main figure in the line. Instead, you're giving that to me as a chase figure. That we're never going to find. Yeah. Oh, oh, man. Killing me already, Jeremy. Jeremy Padauer, who's in charge of the AEW line. Uh, if you're not familiar with Jeremy Padauer, he's actually the the godfather, so to say, of the, the classic superstars line. It's pretty much his idea to do classic superstars to kind of reinvigorate the um, wrestling collector community. It's going to reinvigorate Jack's um, brand with WWF, WWE, sorry. Um, he's in charge of the AEW figures. Uh, series 2, we've got Dustin Rhodes, um, which I'm not sure if he's coming with any entrance gear or anything like that, but uh, he was shown um, on display. Um, Hangman, which will come with his vest, his rope, and a bandana to go over his mouth. Um, MJF, which I'm excited about that figure. It looks awesome. Have you seen these? Yeah, I've seen these. <laughs> yep. Uh, Scarf and Mike. Uh, Ray Phoenix, which will come with an alternate head and alternate hands, so it can do the animal pose. Uh, Pentagon will also come with an alternate head and hands, so we can get the Zero Miedo. Uh, Moxley with a vest will round out Series 2. Uh, there's also going to be an authentic scale ring, which will include an exclusive Kenny Omega figure, which retail set for that is about $100. Uh, the scale ring... And Series 1 are up on Ringside Collectibles now for pre-order. Um, also, they will be carried by Walmart when they're actually released to mass retail. So, overall thoughts on these AEW figures? Well, you know, uh, I'm going to have to uh, find some room to put them, uh, put them up somewhere. I'm not going to buy them all, but there's definitely some I want for my collection. My very small and... Very petite <laughs> collection, but a collection nonetheless. Yes, yes. Looking forward to these. They're, I guess, from what I've heard, retail on these is going to be about $20. So they're going to be priced around the same. They're going to be priced actually the same as the Mattel figures, but they're going to include all the articulation that you get out of the Mattel Ultimate Elite for $10 less. So obviously, Mattel must be doing something wrong. Because Ultimate Elites are the articulation that we should have gotten with the Elite line to begin with. And we're getting it from AEW's figures, like, right off the bat. So, um, but speaking of Mattel and AEW, the AEW Unrivaled figures will be in scale with the Mattel figures. Um, this is coming from a Q&A with Wicked Cool Toys that Ringside Collectibles did um, during Toy Fair Weekend. Uh, so they're talking figures are in scale. They're also in scale with each other. So, of course, if we get a Marco stunt figure, he'll be about the size of Hornswoggle. Um, and he'll be shorter than the rest of the AEW figures. So, <laughs> so they're all in scale. And I really hope we do get a Marco stunt figure because he'll be in scale with my Mattel Hornswoggle figure. And then I can finally have my dream match of Hornswoggle. Versus Marco Stunt, just in plastic form. Yeah, I think you can throw uh, El Torito in that mix I, also. I have an El Torito figure too. Why not? We can recreate the WLC match with a triple threat. Awesome, <laughs> 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 uh, awesome. They also said that um, two packs, if they make sense, 
um, in terms of the two-pack being meaningful and serving a specific purpose, they may do them. Um, just keep an eye out for updates on those. Uh, they're asked about an entrance stage. Um, Wicked Cool and Jazzwares, of course, are interested in making stages and play sets as well. Um, just, they said, let them know at Wicked Cool Toys um, our interest in those specific things. Um, they were asked about non-wrestling AEW personalities. Uh, they said they're definitely interested in making people like Jim Ross and Aubrey, um, just to name a few, AEW legends. They are asked about Legends figures, um, which I don't really understand who you're going to get as a legend under the AEW brand. Um, besides like Arn Anderson and Tully Blanchard, since they're actually, and Taz, since they're actually under contract with um, AEW. But Wicked Cool, another one of those things, let them know their, your interest with as well. Um, the roster, they're planning to get all superstars, especially the women in the line. That is some exciting news right there. The fact that I can possibly get my hands on a Chris Statlander figure is awesome. Um, Ashita, let me get a Ashita figure. And that new chick, that new genie chick would be awesome too. It's just very toyetic. I can't remember what the hell her name I is. I you talking about. Yep. But she was in that Fatal 4-Way match this past week. She just cracked me up. It was yeah, it was, hilarious. It was awesome. <laughs> um, and, and just so you know, he's going to put all these figures... Right next to his favorite figure of all, his Nyla Rose. <laughs> I'm not going to make any comments about Nyla Rose being a dude that's now a woman. There's been enough of that. Um, and my wife will get pissed at me. Because <laughs> uh, we're all about gender, trans, equality. Yes, we are. And the Russell Gunn podcast is also about gender and LBGTQ equality. Yes. So we don't discriminate. We may crack jokes, but we don't discriminate. Mm. No one is off limits to our jokes. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> uh, let's see. Uh, also, we're talking about soft goods, the clothing. Um, figures will have tailored clothing um, and baggy outfits um, like the old Jack's days. So. I'm not quite sure what that means, but I guess they will have. I guess the figure, the cloth clothing is going to be more tailored to the figure than baggy. Like, because I think Jax, when they did the cloth attire, it was kind of a little, little bigger than the actual figure. Um, I didn't really see too many Jax figures with cloth. I think it was more in the classic superstars line. Uh, we'll see various AEW attires, uh, much like the Mattel line for the elites. And, of course, the core figures. And figures are expected to release every eight weeks. Jesus Christ, Mattel. Dirt. Jazz wares. Every eight weeks, so every two months, we're expected to see another line. So three to four waves by the end of 2020. Crazy stuff. Jesus, I thought Mattel was bad. Damn, that's crazy. Damn. Crazy. Exciting, but crazy. Crazy stuff. Um, and it just sucks that Walmart's going to be the... Hopefully, Target picks these up. Um, Target's resetting toys again at the beginning of March. So, next week, there's another reset for there. There's nothing in Target system for AEW. There's nothing in the system for um, the new Legends line. But there's also another revision, um, generally around June, 
between like June and August uh, to always reset again for the fall. So I would expect to see at least the WWE Legends Series 7 um, around that time, if not maybe a little bit sooner. And probably the AEW figures um, between that time as well. So that's just uh, not, uh, not an official wording. It's just based off what I know from being a Target team lead um, about how the toy revisions work. So, uh, Boss Fight Studio showed off their Legends of Lucha Libre Wave 1. Um, of course, we know Penta Zero M, which is Pentagon. Um, Ray Phoenix. They also added Taya. And Hooventude Guerrera. Pretty psyched about that. We're getting a Hoovy figure from Boss Fight Studios. And come to find out, too, they did a size comparison with a Elite Kurt Angle and the Elite WCW Phantom Rey Mysterio. And they are, in fact, in scale with the Mattel figures. Pretty excited about that. Well, unfortunately, if they weren't $30 a pop, I'd pick them up. But, thankfully, we have... Jazz wears Wicked Cool Toys, making a Pentagon and a Ray Phoenix. There you go. <laughs> uh, wave 2 for Boss Fight will also include Conan and Lady Maravilla. Um, they were shown off as well. They had some unpainted prototypes. And they also announced a minifigure line, um, which each figure is going to have a chase variant. Uh, figures included in that line are Conan, uh, Penta Zero M, Phoenix, Lady Maravilla, Tinnablos Jr. with Alush and Solar. And the round out the points of articulation, loyal subjects showed off some more of their minifigures. Um, on display, they had the next series, which is Hulk Hogan. There's like four different Ric Flairs with different robes. And then there's like a purple, a blue, a pink, which is crazy amount of Ric Flairs and different robes. Um, Stone Cold Steve Austin and a old school Andre the Giant with like the vest and like the poofy hair. So... Awesome stuff. Lots of awesome stuff coming out. I'm very excited um, to scratch that figure itch and pick up some of this stuff. And um, Ringside did say that the Elite 77 Fiend figure will be available for pre-order soon on ringsidecollectibles.com. Um, we still have not seen a full production figure of that because what they had on display um, was just a digital rendering, like cardboard cutout thingy we still have yet to see the actual physical product for for the feed figure so really looking forward to that uh, and that is going to round out our news and all that fun stuff so um we're going to take a brief break catch a little uh, words from one of our sponsors we'll be back with our get in the ring segment we're going to run down some raw some nwa some AEW, some nxt uh, Super Showdown, quick results, and preview AEW's Revolution. So stay tuned, we will return. What's up, everyone? This is Chris the Heat Matthews, the host of the WrestleGeddon podcast. And I want to tell you about Anchor. Anchor is the easiest way to make a podcast, and they give you everything you need in one place for free, which you can use right from your phone or computer. The creation tools allow you to record and edit your podcast so it sounds great. They'll even distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard everywhere on places like Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and many more. 
You can easily make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. So download the Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started today. All right, we are back. So let's get in the ring. So, um, let's talk about some Raw. Yeah. Um, some good, some bad. You'll um, be proud of me. I watched Raw this week. You actually you watched Raw this I week. I did. I fell asleep through bits of Raw. <laughs> and I woke up to see half of Montez Ford versus Seth Rollins. <laughs> Which is a phenomenal match. Uh, from what I saw, it was really good. Yeah. Um, we had Brock Lesnar returning, of course, to uh, further the angle... Uh, between him and Ricochet for Super Showdown. Uh, we had the Elimination Chamber contract signing for the Women's Elimination Chamber. Which was stupid. I actually kind of enjoyed that segment. Yeah. Like, it was kind of dumb to have, like, the contract signing with all six women. But I love the fact that Shayna came out after everybody else had signed the contract. After Asuka was, like, shouting in Japanese about where's Shayna. <laughs> Like, Shayna comes out, and then, like, all hell breaks loose. Then out comes Becky. But, like, it was, like, complete and total mayhem. But the one thing that I noticed in that, like, Shayna kind of, like, stared down a lot of the women. But she kind of took a little longer staring down Natty than she did the rest of them. And then, like, you had Sarah Logan trying to, you know, keep peace between... um, Liv and Ruby. And it was just like a lot of little things that happened during that entire segment. But um, if you don't realize that Shane is winning that Elimination Chamber by now, I honestly don't know what to tell you. And if you really... I don't understand why we need the Elimination Chamber for that. Like, why can't it just be Shayna? Why do we have to put her through the Elimination Chamber to get the shot at Becky. Yeah, I mean, it's really not needed, especially when you already have the storyline with Becky and... Shayna the Vampire. Shayna the Vampire. <laughs> so, I, it just doesn't make sense. Like, why... why, why, From, like, a standpoint of, like, a fan going, okay, well, I don't know who's going to win this match, but you already have a storyline with it with basically who's going to win. So it doesn't make sense for anyone else in that match to win because it would... Be like, what was the point of Shayna biting her if there was no point if she's now, not gonna win? Didn't Shayna pin Becky at Survivor Series? I believe so. So that, like, if I'm if I'm remember correctly, that right there is your lead into that matchup. You know, where pretty much Becky, you know, is you know the man's collecting her debts. Like she's ran through everybody else at. You know, that has either beaten her that she has an issue with or who she hasn't beaten, you know, things like that. Why, like, Shayna should have been, like, on that list already. And she's like, you know, you want a title shot, you got a title shot. You want to do it at Mania. 
why make her jump through all these hoops just to do the elimination chamber just to get the match that we all know was going to happen like who else is like unfortunately you know Natty's not getting it um we're not going to see Ruby Riot win that match at all Liv's not winning Sarah's not winning Asuka you know we're already planning on having a women's tag team championship match at Mania so there's really there's nobody else involved in that matchup that's going to win that even has a chance of winning unless they throw us a curveball and say hey guess what Ruby Riot wins but that's that's not going to happen it's going to be Shayna yep uh, let's see we had Aleister Black in the OC uh, having some issues there we had Aleister take on Rowan again second week in the row which still was a pretty decent matchup it was yeah. like, I don't know why we had to have Aleister and Rowan two weeks in a row but um, just to see him get beat down by the OC which I was kind of hoping was going to lead into um, maybe a Wrestlemania match between Aleister and AJ Styles but when we get into Super Showdown, we will see that that is actually not going to happen. Yes, it'll happen next week on Raw. Yep. Which, it actually will happen next yeah, week on Raw. It, it should have been a Mania match, but... Yeah. Oh, well. It should have been. Uh, let's see. Then we talk a little bit about Montez Ford versus Seth Rollins. Great matchup. Like I said, from what I saw, Montez is... I've said it before, and I'm, I'm saying it again. I'm going on record again. Montez Ford is the Shawn Michaels out of the Street Profits. Unfortunately, that makes Angela Dawkins the Marty Jannetty. So if they ever split up, Montez Ford is going straight to the top. Yep, for sure. Where Dawkins would be lucky if he wins an Intercontinental Championship. Which we all know Marty at least won once. Yep. <laughs> and the other thing too, like Rollins, like the little things that he does... Like, in this whole Messiah gimmick is just freaking amazing. Like, the, like, shaking people's hands and, like, bowing to them and, um, like, his mannerisms overall. And just the fact that I think, you know, we know he's a heel, but I think Rollins believes that he's doing what he feels right to help save Monday Night Raw. Yep. So, in his mind, he's actually doing the good thing, the good deed, so to say. Um, well, that was Monday Night Raw. No, actually, it wasn't that bad from what no. I saw. I'll yeah. say another match on there was uh, Orton and Owens, which was pretty funny, actually. I, I remember a little bit of that. I think that's about where I fell asleep. Well, it was funny because yeah. so uh, Rollins and all of them came out there to like distract, and uh, Orton hit the like DDT on the second rope. And the ref did like a three count really quickly, and uh, Owens like is trying to oh, figure yeah. out why. And he's got a Seth Rollins Messiah shirt, shirt on underneath. <laughs> uh. Oh man, he's like the NWO ref. He's like Nick Patrick, but he's the Messiah ref. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. Uh, let's get into uh, NWA Power. We had to return to NWA Power this week. Um, after having um, the Circle Squared last week, which is actually a pretty was a pretty solid debut show, um, thirty minute little dealio, um, but it's nice to get back to some traditional NWA action. Um, we saw Trevor Murdoch defeat the Question Mark. 
Um, outlandish Zicky Dice, my dude, Zicky Dice, picking up a quick and sleazy win in the three-way dance uh, between him, uh, Matt Cross, and Ricky Starks. All right. So I was going to say Sammy Guevara for a second there. <laughs> I had to catch myself. Oh, God. <laughs> so, which, was a, which was a great match. Um, Ricky had hit the uh, hit the stroke on Matt Cross. Or was it the other way around? No. Uh, Someone hit uh, a finisher on one of them. And I think Matt through. Cross did the, the whatever he does off the top rope. Oh, the, uh, the 450. Yeah, and then he... Or shooting star, one of the two. Yeah, and then he goes in and pins. Uh, That's Ricky. right. So he hit his finisher, and Zicky threw uh, Matt Cross out of the ring and picked up the, the quick and cheap win. So I think eventually we're going to get we're gonna see Zicky Dice take on um, Ricky Starks for the TV title. Because I don't think they announced that for... It'll probably be Crockett Cup. If probably. On the weekly show, but... Uh, let's see. Nick Aldis confronted Marty Scurll, uh, which led to pretty much a ball, a big brawl between Strictly Business um, and Marty. Which thankfully Brody King hit the uh, hit the arena to kind of even things up a little bit. So not too bad. And I think eventually we're getting a tag match. I think between uh, Marty and Aldis, or Marty and Brody King, Brody and um, Aldis, and one of the. One of the other members of Strictly Business, or it's a six-man tag match with Marty, Brody, and Flip versus the three members of Strictly Business. I can't remember exactly what it was on the TV tapings, but it should be like next couple weeks. Um, in the main event, we saw Melina taking on Thunder Rosa for the Women's Championship. Uh, Melina pretty much just bounced. Yeah, it was kind of a letdown. But I will say, I did repost a video on the WrestleGeddon Podcast Instagram. Of uh, Melina making her entrance into the studio uh, prior to the the match, and I actually got a like from Melina awesome. on our post. So I was like, "Yeah, buddy, love Melina." Awesome. She, in fact, is the hashtag living legend. Uh, so things broke down from there after Melina got herself counted out. Um, she was kind of trying to escape back up through the crowd, then Sienna. Not Sienna. Allison K. Allison K. She was Sienna and Impact. Um, Allison K. Kind of forced her back to the ring, uh, where she's about ready. Pretty much took her out, and then uh, Camille had come out and speared the shit out of Allison K. And just cleaned house. So it was um, Camille and Thunder Rosa had a bit of a stare down before Thunder had you know walked out of the ring. And that's how we ended the show. That was pretty solid. Episode of Power, though. Like every other week. Like every other week. <laughs> oh, so you think we're getting Camille and Thunder Rosa? Let's hope so. Yeah. Crockett Cup, baby. Crockett Cup. It's going to be awesome. I can't wait for that. Uh, NXT. We saw um, Ciampa and Austin Theory go at it. Of course, Ciampa picking up the win, then getting jumped by Johnny Gargano after the match. Uh, Balor getting jumped by Imperium, so I believe uh, take over Tampa. We're gonna see Balor take on Walter. Volta, Volta. Main event we saw Charlotte uh, go over Bianca Belair, which was a pretty solid matchup. You know? That indeed. So that was um 
AEW or NXT's counter to whatever AEW was rolling with. Yep. Yeah. Um, I don't think there's really wasn't much else on there that I can remember. There was uh, it was Dijakovic and uh, well, I can't think of his name. Uh, boy with the hat. Oh, um, Cameron Grimes. That's it. And then uh, I kind of skipped through it, but I guess Damian Priest interfered somehow and what got him injured. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I don't remember a lot of it. Um, I kind of skipped through some stuff. As did I. My DVR didn't decided didn't want to record NXT this week. So I was kind of watching some highlights on YouTube. Hulu tends to leave stuff out, and it's just better to watch or watch you know quick highlights on YouTube. But, yep. Um, I did happen. I did watch AEW. Um, the uh, Iron Man match between Pac and Omega was freaking amazing. Um, unfortunately, I kind of thought Pac was going to pick up the win for this. Um, it kind of seemed like that the bastard needed the win more than Omega did, but Omega ended up picking the win, picking up the win on that one as well. Sudden death. But we got the best thing out of it though. Orange Cassidy versus Pocket Revolution. Yeah, buddy. <laughs> and he might try. He, he might, might try. try. According to uh, Chuck Taylor, he's going to try. According to Trent Breda, he might try. <laughs> <laughs> we don't know what he's going to do. <laughs> oh, that was, some, that was gold right there. Uh, what else happened? We had um, the Iron Man match. We had... We had... Um, the Moxley Jericho weigh in, which was what we knew it was going to be. It was pretty much a contract signing, but a weigh in. It's yeah. stupid. What we knew it was going to be. Yeah. An all out brawl at yep. the end. Uh, uh, we had a six man tag match. Yep. Uh, uh, Inner Circle and. Inner Circle and the uh, Jurassic Express. Yep. Good stuff there. Um, had. We got a promo from the Dark Order that mentioned um, things being obsolete. So we're throwing there's more hints a, at Matt Hardy. There's been a lot of stuff with Matt Hardy. But did I don't you, see... I, I can't you, see Matt Hardy see the, being the exalted the other, one. The other thing that, that put it to the Dark Order? Mm. The uh, Matt Hardy saying, Dear Dr. RKO or something like that. And then if you rearrange the words, it spells Dark Order. Mm. I just I can't see Matt Hardy being the exalted one though. I don't. So I don't think I don't know necessarily he is either. Um, I think he's honestly just playing around with it. I think, I think so he too. loves it. Yeah. And then of course his wife's doing the same thing because after they figured out that it rearranged the Dark Order, uh, Reby put underneath it. She's like, "Man, you guys are smart." <laughs> <laughs> Um, I actually heard today, I read that, I guess they uh, pitched some like NXT deal with him that he yeah. might like, so we'll see. I would actually, I would love to see Matt Hardy in NXT. There's so much talent in NXT that we just, that just watching Matt Hardy wrestle would be amazing. Like, um, like Adam Cole, um, Cameron Grimes, Tommaso Ciampa, Gargano. 
so many people in NXT that Matt Hardy can be paired up with. And then to have him there, too, and utilize him as a trainer. Correct. Like, I'm sorry. Like, Matt Hardy was always my favorite out of the two of them. Like, I, he was a better technical wrestler. And he was better on the mic. He just... He didn't rely on all those high spots like as much as Jeff did. Yeah, Slash does. So that'd be cool to have uh, Matt Hardy in NXT. But anywhere that Matt Hardy ends up is going to be awesome. Um, hopefully, maybe AEW, where he can actually go back to being broken Matt Hardy and we get the broken brilliance. Because oh, I'm sure they know money when they see it. And of course, broken Matt Hardy is money. Or big money Matt. Big Money Matt was good, too. (laughs) Either one of those I'm good with. Uh, Super Showdown, uh, which just ended, which was today. Uh, The biggest thing with that was, you know, a couple things. The the gauntlet match with, um, like, R-Truth had a really good showing in that gauntlet match. Very good showing. Um, Aside from getting the shit kicked out of him every time he beat somebody. (laughs) Um... Which Lashley, Lashley just laid into him, which I'm honestly really surprised that WWE pulled the trigger on having R-Truth pin Lashley, uh, pin Andrade, pin Rowan. They didn't pin Rowan. Or Rowan got DQ. Yeah. Like, but still have him go over, like, all these guys and then get, then, you know, have him and Styles was still, you know, pretty, pretty big thing for R-Truth. Um, the end of this matchup, of course, we were supposed to have Rey Mysterio. Um, involved in there, but I guess he got taken out by the OC. Um, then we flash backstage and we see the OC getting taken out by the Undertaker. Undertaker comes out and beats AJ Styles and wins the to Kauai, Kauai, Honolulu. I don't know. Yeah, exactly. Um, trophy. Trophy thingy. Um, I apologize to any listeners we have in the Saudi Arabia area. Um, it's not my first language. It's much like English. I'm sure it's not your first language. So, <laughs> my bad. Well, Undertaker wins a trophy. And which I believe is going to set up the much-rumored AJ Styles versus Undertaker match for WrestleMania. Yep. Which I'm not, I'm not too thrilled about that one. I... Honestly, I think Styles and Aleister Black would have been a better build... For a WrestleMania match than than AJ Styles and I just think they need to I mean or shit the best thing they can do since you have Alistair with the messing with the OC you have Undertaker why not bring back Kane and have Black Kane and the Undertaker in a six man tag match against the OC there you go that works that would be that'd be awesome much better than just Styles wrestling the Undertaker. So at least we can get, you know, at least some good competitive matches with Aleister Black involved with the OC. And then, you know, Kane and Undertaker can hit their double choke slams and tombstones and all that fun stuff. Uh, We have, what else we have? Uh, Ms. Morrison won the SmackDown Tag Team titles off the New Day. Um, Roman Reigns defeats Baron Corbin inside the steel cage. Street Profits beat Rollins and Murphy. Murphy. Didn't it? Oh, sorry. No, it was a little Sorry. Off. Seth Rollins and Murphy beat retained over the, the street, street Profits. Profit. Sorry, I was I saying know. what I wanted to happen, <laughs> not what actually happened. 
Bailey retained over Naomi. Um, and to close out the show, we had Goldberg. Well, actually, Lesnar defeated Ricochet in pretty much a squash match, which is very unfortunate because that could have been a really good matchup, you know, on the level of like Lesnar versus Styles, Lesnar versus Punk, Lesnar versus Mysterio. But unfortunately, Ricochet gets destroyed. But nobody's bitching about that. What everybody's bitching about is Goldberg defeating the Fiend. Yep, it was dumb. So, um, with the SmackDown Elimination Chamber match, for the men's Elimination Chamber match, which I don't think has been, they haven't announced that yet either, have they? Uh, they haven't, they kind of, not really. Okay. So, more than likely, Roman Reigns is going to be in that Elimination Chamber match. Um, Roman's going to win that Elimination Chamber match. So, we're going to see Roman versus Goldberg at WrestleMania for the Universal title. Spear versus Spear. Spear versus Spear. Um, so, here's my thing. How many people are going to turn on Roman Reigns the second he defeated the Fiend for the Universal Championship? Everybody. The entire arena. Yep. Everyone in attendance is going to boo the shit out of Roman. So having him defeat the Fiend at WrestleMania is not best for business for Vince. Having Roman defeat Goldberg at WrestleMania, which doesn't get, which the crowd is not going to turn on Roman for beating Goldberg. You know, if Goldberg beats Roman, then the crowd will probably turn and boo the shit out of Goldberg. But this sets up, this protects Roman from getting booed out of the arena. And it protects the Fiend from not having to lose to Roman. Correct. But unfortunately, you know, we had to sacrifice the Fiend at Super Showdown. Losing to Goldberg in a very short match. um, Which Goldberg essentially dominated the Fiend. Um but the Fiend never really needed the title to begin with. Agree. Like, his character, like, like we've talked about it before. Like, when, when the Fiend actually won the title um, numerous times after that, you know, we've mentioned it. Like, the Fiend's character feeds on chaos, not championships. So, it really, to me, it wasn't necessary giving the Fiend the title at all. Like, it could have been something that you know, you could work a program with the Fiend with anybody not needing the title involved in there. And I kind of think they put themselves in the corner with the Fiend on not knowing what to do, especially when it comes up to WrestleMania. Because you want to protect the biggest, you know, your two biggest draws that you have for that show in the Fiend and Roman Reigns without losing ground on either one of those two. Yep. But it's cool. We're going to get uh, Fiend versus John Cena. That's what we all want to see. Yay. Yay. I was kind of hoping for Cena and Elias. I think it would be better. <laughs> Just because every time Cena comes back, he ends up interrupting Elias. Like over the last like two years. <laughs> awesome stuff. All right. So, Super Showdown in a nutshell. Kind of ended shitty. Had some good matches, had some shitty matches. R-Truth looked like a fucking superstar. 
So, yeah. Uh, let's run down the preview for AEW's Revolution. Alright, so... What I don't have on here, which they added, was uh, Chris, Chris Statlander taking on Nyla Rose for the AEW Women's Championship. Um, I don't see Statlander winning the title since Nyla just won the title like two weeks ago. Um, so I see Nyla retaining that one, but it's going to be a pretty good matchup to begin with. Absolutely. Um, yeah. Regardless of Nyla's gender, Nyla's gender, whatever, like she still puts on a really good matchup. And I think her being in the ring with someone like Statlander, um, as opposed to the 90-pound soaking wet Rio, I think we'll get a better matchup out of Statlander and Rose over <laughs> than what we had between Nyla and Rio. So, Rio, whatever. Kenny Omega's wallpaper on his phone, whatever. I don't care. Um, Darby Allen's taking on Sammy Guevara. Um, it's kind of tough because pretty much every member of the inner circle is involved in some sort of matchup. Because I think Pride, Pride and Powerful has a matchup too. They might. I don't know if they've announced it I can't remember it what not. it is. But, um, but pretty much everyone that's involved in a matchup involving the inner circle, I can honestly see the inner circle sweeping um, the matchups that they're in. Uh, with Sammy Guevara being the first, uh, getting the win over Darby Allen, um, Jake Hagar getting the win over Dustin Rhodes, and Jericho retaining over Moxley. But they may throw some curveballs in there. So. But um, I think the only one that I can actually see losing, if they are going to do that, is Sammy Guevara. But I'm still picking Sammy to win because Darby Allen's punk ass bitch who wears his sister's clothes. He can't wear a suit right. Like, he was wearing, like, a, you know, a, a suit, you know, yeah. a coat. Had a fucking, like, punk-ass 80, bull, 90, whatever bullshit, like, Matt Hardy wannabe, long sleeve, got holes in it shirt. Like, who the fuck do you think you are? Hey, you Garbage We're going to get some more hate mail from Skater Boy 33. <laughs> Derby. <laughs> <laughs> like we got Dustin Rose taking on Jake Hager. The actual the f- debut singles debut of Jake Hager. That's I, I think is his first match. I still hope Dustin Rhodes wins. I'm, I fucking hate Jake Hager too. Unfortunately, I think I don't think Dustin's gonna win though. Dustin's one of those dudes that like if you need someone to get over or to be put over, Dustin's your go-to. Yep. Like dude's like fifty some years old, but still can go in the ring. But can give you that credibility of beating like a legit legend, um, and I think that's what the I think that's going to happen with Jake Hager. He's going to get his first match. And he's going to pick up his first win, and unfortunately, it's going to come to the at the expense of Dustin. Uh, we got Cody Rhodes taking on MJF. The build to this matchup has been fantastic. Absolutely, so the cage match um, last week with Warlow was freaking awesome. Um, you had the ten la- the, the ten lashings was just brutal to watch. I'm like it really made you cringe and just just everything, you know. And then we go like the whole old school, you know, you can't touch me till the pay per view till we have our match. If you touch me, then the match is off. Like that whole build was just absolutely phenomenal. 
It's really like an old school mentality with this build up. So I'm really excited for that match. So. Uh, what else we got? AEW World Tag Team Championships. Actually, no. The, the thing is, who's going to win? Uh, Cody. You think Cody's going to pick up the win? I think so. Oh. I think there's been way too much build for this for MJF to win. I think I think Cody's going to pick up the win. I don't think they're going to have Cody lose two, two pay-per-views in a row. Because he lost to Jericho. Mm-hmm. And that was all because of MJF. Mm-hmm. So... Eventually, something's got to happen where they're gonna, where Cody's gonna be able to challenge for the title again. They gotta do something. Yeah. We'll see. Um, AEW Tag Team Championships: Kenny Omega and Hangman Page versus the Young Bucks. I can see the Bucks picking up the first tag title win here. I believe they will, and I think it'll be uh, because of Hangman Page <laughs> doing something stupid. <laughs> Doing cowboy shit. Cowboy shit. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so I, yeah, the Young Bucks, definitely. Uh, then we got the final matchup, the main event. AW World Championship, Chris Jericho defending against former Dean Ambrose. I'm doing the same character in AEW, just with different pants and a vest, John Moxley. You forgot about the eye patch. And an eye patch. Because I'm a pirate now. Yep. Uh, um, Jericho retains. Yeah, Jericho retains. I, I just can't see them giving the title to Moxley. Um, so yeah, Jericho's retained. The funny thing with this too, this is like the first match Jericho's had this year. Like he hasn't wrestled since the last pay per view. You talking about for the title or in general? In general, he's been in like was he in like a like a tag team match? I don't think so. I'm pretty sure he was. Really? Yeah, it might be his first singles match this year, though. Because I was looking at the rankings. Like, they released their rankings, and he was like 0-0. Zero zero. I thought you he know. was in some tag team matches. Maybe might have been wrong. in some tag team matches. But, uh, anyway, it's the first time he's had it. It's his first singles match, then, this year. Um, the first time he's defending the title since the last pay-per-view. Gotcha. Which, everybody shits on Brock Lesnar. For not showing up and defending the title. But nobody says shit about Jericho doing the same thing. Because of Jericho. I mean, but Jericho's there every week. Correct. I mean, and Brock has pretty much been there almost every single week for Raw for this build with Ricochet. Um, I think there's just been like maybe one or two weeks that he hasn't been there. And even with the build for Drew McIntyre for WrestleMania, we've seen more of Brock in the last two months than we've seen like all last year. So, but, um,. Yeah, but nobody says shit about Jericho. Everybody shits on Lesnar. It's okay. It's okay. Because <laughs> I shit on Lesnar, too. <laughs> we all do it. <laughs> I don't talk shit about Jericho not defending the title. <laughs> we all do it. It's 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 worth it. Oh, but Revolution looks to be like a really good pay-per-view. Uh, I really wouldn't expect anything less. AEW's got a shit ton of talent. Like, the roster is loaded. Like... Even guys that don't like, like Darby Allen, they're talented wrestlers. It's just they just have the issue of not getting their character to a point where I want to invest my time into liking that character or caring about what they're doing. But but this event looks pretty solid. And that's gonna wrap up our get in the ring segment. So we're gonna take another quick break and we'll be back with the 
finale of our show with our final um, look, look at our uh, Black History Month Superstar. Um, we've got our Push Fire Berry segment, weekly trivia, and of course, we'll close the show out with a Q&A. So stay tuned. We shall be right back. What's up, WrestleGeddon Podcast fans? This is Rose with Bright Rose Events. Here to announce we have a new subscription box for all your tingling sensations. Check out www.cratejoy.com and research dates in a box. Even wrestling fans need love too. And so you can get your wrestle on with the one you love. Have a date night delivered to your house every month for you and that special someone. That's www.cratejoy.com. Searching dates in a box. All right, y'all, and we are back. Um, so we're going to break down our final uh, Black History Month celebration uh, with the G Money's pick for our superstar to focus on for this week. Yeah, and uh, this week I picked uh, the Black Machismo <laughs> himself, Jay Lethal. I threw a little curveball in there to pick a WWE superstar, but uh, nonetheless, that's a pretty pretty solid pick. Jay Lethal has contributed quite a bit, uh, especially to uh, his current Ring of Honor run. Yeah, so uh, yeah, he's that de- that de- what I you know some of the stuff like he's one of the most well known guys that's never been in WWE um, that I know of. Uh, to me, uh, I've always loved his amazing Ric Flair and Macho Man impressions. They're quite great. An <laughs> um, Impact or TNA at the time. And uh, he's contributed a lot to Ring of Honor. Um, and he has one of the greatest finishers of all time, the Lethal Injection. I do love the Lethal Injection. It is quite amazing. And the Lethal Combination is good, too. Uh, so, <clears throat> a little bit on how he kind of got his start and kind of trained... Um, apparently he started his wrestling journey winning a contest with a, with the JAPW where he won a lifetime membership to train at their gym. And after six months, they went out of business, (laughs) um, which I thought was pretty funny, but he then went and learned his craft from Mikey Whipwreck and Dan Moff. Nice. So yeah. Some of his uh, many championships, because damn it, Jay Lethal, you've won too many damn championships. Funny enough, apparently he was a big-time wrestling heavyweight champion. What? Yeah, man. Wow. Big time has been around for a while. Oh, yeah. But uh, some of his more notable ones, uh, Ring of Honor, he is a one-time pure champion. Uh, two-time world champion. Uh, he is, as of right now, world tag team champion with Jonathan Gresham. Um, he is a two-time world television champion. Uh, he won Honor Rumbles, Survival of the Fittest, uh, third Triple Crown champion, third Grand Slam champion, Ring of Honor Feud of the Year versus Elias Young. 
and he also run Ring of Honor Wrestler of the Decade for 20, 2010. It's also the longest reigning Ring of Honor World Heavyweight Champion. Yep. And in TNA, he was one-time TNA World Tag Team Champion, uh, six-time X Division Champion, uh, and he was X Division Wrestler of the Year in 2007. So some cool stuff there. One other, uh, another fact about Jay Lethal is um, he was also instrumental in AJ Lee's career as he helped train AJ Lee. Awesome stuff. Some of uh, notable matches that you can find somewhere to watch and you should is Lethal versus Styles at Final Battle in 2015 and Lethal versus Roderick Strong at Death Before Dishonor. Nice. And my last little tidbit of stuff you should watch if you really want to watch some Jay Lethal stuff. You know I put it in there. My favorite thing with Jay Lethal is he had a program with Ric Flair back in TNA when he was doing Black Machismo and all that it's stuff. It's the woo-off. It's the woo-off. <laughs> he did one of the best promos with Ric Flair you can ever watch. He, It's basically him and Ric Flair going back and forth. Literally, Jay Lethal mocking him with, like, it sounds exactly like Ric Flair. It's amazing. And it is the greatest thing you'll ever watch. Find it. Google it. Do whatever you got to do. It's amazing. And it's the best time you'll ever have. It, it is amazing. It, it's pretty awesome. I remember seeing it <laughs> I remember live, watching it live, like, too. <laughs> first time it happened. I was fucking <laughs> in tears. Great. Oh, God. Oh, man. That is awesome. No. Um, of course, that is going to conclude our uh, celebration of Black History Month. Um, again, you can go back and listen to the last few episodes that we've had. Uh, we've highlighted the Junkyard Dog, um, Mark Henry. The hell did I do last week? <laughs> Why can't I remember? Um, <laughs> Shit. Tell Smiley. Norman Smiley. Hey. Yes, Norman Smiley. God, I'll not forget that. Black Magic, Norman Smiley. And, of course, Jay Lethal this week. So go ahead and check them out if you want to learn a little bit more about um, those those previous three superstars. Um, check out the match recommendations for them as well. And go further down those rabbit holes with those guys and check out some of the other stuff that they've done. So you'd be quite surprised at how, how much content is out there um, around these guys, um, especially if you're not familiar with, like, Norman Smiley or Junkyard Dog. Um, anyone listening to this should be familiar with Jay Lethal and Mark Henry, um, but there's there's still a lot of quality matchups out there involving those four four superstars, legends, Hall of Famers, future Hall of Famers. So um, yeah, this is awesome. That's that's kind of a fun segment the last yeah, few weeks. So I've learned quite a bit. We 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 learned a lot. <laughs> All right, now my favorite segment besides the newly christened. Points of articulation is, of course, the push, fire, bury. Uh, this week, we kind of, it's kind of hard to come up with, like, new stuff to do instead of just putting random superstars in there. Uh, so what we're doing this week is factions. So basically, we're going to run the Randomtron 5000, and whatever faction comes up on the first run, we have to pick three 
members of that faction um, and decide who's going to get pushed, who gets fired, who gets buried. Uh, normally, when we do this, it's essentially the same thing. You know, we just run the random Tron 5000 three times, and out of those three, it's who we push, who we fire, who we bury. So, push, fire, bury, faction edition. You go first. I and remember this. Time. It is my turn. Random Tron 5000 is going to give me the OC. So now there's only three members of the OC. So, of course, I have to pick between those three who gets pushed, who gets fired, and who gets buried. Um, which kind of sucks because I love all three members of the OC. <laughs> so, um, unfortunately, um, I'm going to have to fire my man machine gun, Abs, Carl Anderson. <laughs> Um, I'm going to bury the Gallows and push AJ Styles. Awesome. That was very hard. <laughs> <laughs> oh. It didn't sound very hard, did it, guys? It, it, it never, it doesn't sound very hard when I spit it out, but it's, there's turmoil going on inside my mind right now. So, um, Garrett's uh, Random Tron 5000 pick is Rollins and the Disciples. Good luck with that one. <laughs> three members and the tag teams do not count as one member so you have to pick one member from AOP <laughs> easy doesn't matter which member I pick because I'm going to fire him regardless to me I could care less but I'm going to bury Rollins and push Ooh. Murphy Barry Rollins yeah you, so, see, you didn't see that coming. Did not see that coming. Now, this is something we don't normally do, but why are you going to bury Rollins? Because Murphy's the man. He's the future. Because Murph is the man. Murph's the man. All right. <laughs> I'm going to be honest. I wanted the painkiller posse, but, you know, it didn't happen. You know what? Let's, let's do it again. You want to do it again? Let's do it again. Let's see what else we get. All right. So we'll do we'll do one more each. All right. All right. All right. So I got SCU. Um, oh, that's another tough one because <laughs> I love all three members of SCU. So, but um, just randomly off the top of my head, we're going to push Scorpio Sky, Barry Kazarian, and Fire Daniels. Is it because he's going to be the leader of the Dark Order? <laughs> <laughs> And you don't like the door corner? Oh, no, I just... Pushing Sky seems like the legit thing to do because the, he's going to be a legit superstar. <sighs> this is and, the last one I wanted. Uh, the Random Tribe 5000 gave G-Money the new day. <laughs> oh, man. He's thinking. All right. We're going to fire Xavier Woods. We're going to bury Kofi Kingston... And we're going to push Big E. You want to know why? Because Big E deserves a WWE championship. I would have to agree on that. He deserves some sort of singles title run again. Like, he is a former Intercontinental Champion. What can't we give Big E a singles title at some point? Like, another IC title shot, U.S. title, something. 24-7 title. Man. Yeah. Cruiserweight title. <laughs> The way he goes around those the rings and those hips he's got, cruiserweight. 
All right, so that is going to conclude our Push Fireberry segment. Uh, Let's get into the weekly trivia. Uh, So last week, the trivia question was, which WWE Hall of Famer made an appearance in the 1990 movie Problem Child, which was one of my favorite movies? Um, If you knew the answer, go ahead and give yourself that good old-fashioned Barry Horowitz pat on the back. If you said Kerry Von Erich and the Texas Tornado, you are correct. Uh, this week's question is kind of a it's kind of a tough one. Let's see. Um, we're going to go old school a little bit here. Um, so, along with Bam Bam Bigelow, who was the other member first recruited to the Million Dollar Corporation by Ted DiBiase? So, if you think you know the answer. There's no multiple choice for this. It's either you know it or you don't. And don't go, don't go putting it in your Google machine and cheating. Uh, if you know the answer, go ahead and you can either email us at askwrestlegettingpod at gmail.com. Uh, throw in the subject line, episode 31, trivia question answer. Or you can post it on any social media post promoting this edition of the podcast. So, good luck. By the way, the first member wasn't Ted DiBiase, so don't say that answer. And it wasn't Virgil either. They're just they're automatic givens. These are people that were on that were recruited by Ted DiBiase to join the Million Dollar Corporation. So if you're familiar with the these old school factions, um, then you know about the Million Dollar Corporation. You know, you know Tatanka and Bam Bam Bigelow, IRS, you know guys like that. So. Um, yeah, so we're going to close out the show with the Q&A. We've got a couple audio questions here. Again, we've got one from uh, Chris Young. We're going to go ahead and pop that audio in right about here. Hello, WrestleGeddon Podcast. This is Chris Young, owner of China Garden, number one Chinese restaurant in all of Japan. My question for you is, who was the better manager? Mr. Fuji or Sonny Ono? Okay, so uh, Chris wants to know, who was the better manager? Mr. Fuji or Sonny Ono? It's Mr. Fuji. Mr. Fuji? There needs to be no explanation. It's Mr. Fuji. Well, I'm going to say Sonny Ono. Well, that's fine. You can say Sonny Ono. I'm going to say Sonny Ono. It's Mr. Fuji. Because he managed one of the greatest Japanese wrestlers of all time in Ultimo Dragon, who held like 15 titles at once. So, yeah, Sonny Ono. And Sonny Ono is the master of the selfie. He's the originator and the master of the selfie. This dude would come (laughs) out every single week. I'm telling you, you freaking like millennials. Well, I can't say millennials because I'm technically a millennial, too. You social media-ites out there posting all your selfies, you Instagram models, you need to go back and you need to look up footage of Sonny Ono. This motherfucker came out every single week with a little disposable Polaroid camera type thing, Kodak camera, and he would stop at the ramp every single week. Come out and he would stop and he would take a picture of himself with a selfie every single week. Sonny Ono is the originator and the master of the selfie. Come at me, bro. Okay. Yeah. That's why Sonny Ono's a better manager. Okay. <laughs> but Mr. Fuji is still a phenomenal manager as well. You know, talking about, you know, Yokozuna, Demolition, 
uh, The Powers of Pain. So, I say like his uh, name. Don Morocco. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> Dick. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Okay. So, next question. Um, this is from a gentleman named Arnold. Uh, we're going to pop that audio in right about here. Hey, this is Arnold. I want to know who's your favorite European champion. Goodbye. Okay, so uh, Arnold wants to know who our favorite European champion was. Um, it's kind of a toss-up between me. Um, I apparently forgot that William Regal debuted, um, joined WWE, WWF around the time before the European Championship was retired, so to say. Um, so it's a toss up between William Regal, who's one of my all time favorite wrestlers. He's up there in like my top five. Um, and the British Bulldog. It's you, fine. You, you can say British know. Bulldog. I'll say William Regal because that was the first person I said anyway. All right. We can British go Bulldog. like that. British Bulldog's my pick. G-Money's is William Regal. Because so, Regal's the man. Regal is the man. Regal Regal's one of the greatest technical wrestlers like that, that's ever came through like WCW, WWE. Like, dude is like legit. Like, and he's a badass too. And I love him on NXT. Oh, Regal's awesome. He's just so awesome. You know, especially like his heel run in like... um. Oh, like 2010-ish, um, around that time frame, uh, when he was paired up with Layla, and he was like general manager Regal, and then he won like the King of the Ring, so he was like King General Manager Regal, but then he had that wellness policy violation, which kind of derailed any push that he was getting, uh, which I really think could have led to a world title run um, on Raw or SmackDown. So, but he's one of like the legit best wrestlers to never hold the WWE world title or WWE title. Regal's awesome. And he is. So um, that's going to wrap up episode 31 of the Russell Getting Podcast. Thank you all for your continued support, uh, for listening to us every week, for subscribing to the podcast, for downloading the podcast. Um, again, follow us on Twitter, at Russell Gunn Pod with 1D because Twitter can only handle 1D. Um, Instagram at Russell Gunn Pod with 2Ds because Instagram can handle 2Ds, kind of like some of my ex girlfriends. Um, follow us on Facebook, facebook.com slash Russell Gunn Pod. And any questions, comments, concerns, criticisms, hate mail, you can send hate mail to. Guaranteed email address. Um, <laughs> or you can send it to I don't give a fuck at gmail.com. Um, but anything else you can send to askrussellgadden at gmail.com. We'd be more than happy to uh, take some emails, answer some questions, all that fun stuff. No. Uh, that, that's all I got. You got yeah. yeah. That's, that's what we got. And uh, our closing song this week. I thought of what the song should be. All right. The closing song this week is going to be the Imperium theme song. So what you do, you hear the song, you stand on your feet, you put your hand over your heart, 
and you think about Anita Volta. And that's how it goes. All right, on that note, we are tapping out. We'll talk to you guys next week for episode 32. Enjoy the sweet, sweet sounds of the Imperium theme music. Later, Marks. <laughs> <laughs>